What if where you lived directly affected your health? And not in a vague way like living along the Mediterranean could make you live longer, but in a very direct way. I'm talking more like what if some countries had higher rates of childhood hyperactivity because of what additives their government allows in their food supply. Welcome to the first episode of Bite-Sized Food Policy, where I deconstruct the state and federal policies that affect our farms, farmers, and every food you eat. I'm your host, Alana Williams. Thanks for joining me today, and make sure to check back here every two weeks for a new episode. Chances are, many of you know someone who has been diagnosed with an attention deficit disorder. About 1 in 10 children in the United States have been. Statistically, this person you know is more likely to struggle with interpersonal relationships and academics, and is at a higher risk of abusing drugs later on in life. Not to mention, the average person with ADHD pays twice the healthcare costs of their peers. And I know there's a lot of debate on this topic, on whether we're overdiagnosing or underdiagnosing, and what kind of treatment options are best, and whether these symptoms are natural or not. But for people who suffer from it, it can be very frustrating and overwhelming to struggle to complete tasks that other people around you seem to be doing easily. Which is why, if lawmakers could do something to mitigate their symptoms, I think they have an obligation to. And what if it was as easy as banning one thing from our food supply? A study conducted at Southampton University and published in The Lancet in 2007 studied 300 children of normal to high levels of activity who were given a cocktail of sodium benzoate and food colorings commonly used in processed foods. Their finding? Artificial colorings increased hyperactivity in children. The British Parliament promptly banned these substances from their food immediately. Back here in the U.S., the FDA has decided not to make the same move citing a 2004 meta-analysis of studies that found that while hyperactive children can expect, expect to see their symptoms worsened by food dyes, most children won't be affected by the low levels present in food. But with approximately 10% of children in the U.S. having been diagnosed with ADHD and taking this one additive out of our food system can help them, why would we not? especially since these dyes serve no benefit to the consumer. No one needs their food to be neon orange. In response to the Southampton study and others like it, the European Union passed laws requiring most foods with dyes in them to wear a warning label that states may have an adverse effect on activity and attention in children. Now, advertisers, and pretty much everyone else, I think, knows that things with a safety warning on them don't really sell as well. So the response of most companies has been to remove the dyes from their foods sold in Europe. This means that Doritos found in the US are dyed with toxic artificial colorings made out of petroleum byproducts, such as yellow number six, yellow number five, and red number 40, while Doritos in the UK are colored with paprika and annatto, which is just ground-up seeds of a South American tree. 
Even sodas in the EU are dyed with natural colors. Fanta gets its orange color from extracts of pumpkin and carrot. And sadly, it doesn't stop at dyes. I mean, there's loads of additives that are legal in the U.S. despite being banned in plenty of other countries. Just look at brominated vegetable oil, or BVO. It's often found in citrus-flavored soda and sports drinks to make the artificial colors bind to the liquid. BVO contains bromine, which is used as a flame retardant, and is found to cause neurological damage and interfere with our thyroid, which regulates hormones. BVO is banned in more than a hundred countries, but the United States isn't one of them. Or consider how American milk comes from cows that have been given growth hormones that are easily passed on to the consumer and can impact fertility and cause cancer. And even though these hormones are banned in the EU, Canada, Japan, and Australia. Point is, every giant international food corporation has the ability to tweak their products to include fewer chemical additives. They're doing it already in many countries in Europe and elsewhere. So they have no excuse not to do the same in America. Sure, natural food dyes may cost a little more. But we're talking about companies that rake in billions of dollars a year. The simple reason they don't is because they don't have to. Nothing in the FDA's food policy stops them from dumping in gallons of red number 40. So why would they choose to pay more? If by now you're wondering what laws does the FDA have, well, in 1958, the U.S. passed the Delaney Amendment to the Food, Drug, and Cosmetics Act, which prohibits the FDA from approving food additives that are linked to cancer. However, substances that were given approval prior to the amendments were not regulated as additives. So, there's a nifty little trick. Just don't refer to your additive as an additive, and then it can't be taken out for being a known carcinogen. Nice. Clearly, the FDA has a flawed system for approving food additives, but I don't think most people realize just how flawed. If you're a food company and you want to put a risky new dye in your products, you have three ways to go about classifying it so that the FDA will approve it. Your first option is by calling it a food additive, which requires pre-market testing, and the FDA has to review it, and then approve it, and then there are restrictions, and it's just too much. So your other option is to classify it as a listed exception, meaning it's not a food additive, but it's still okay. Like, a chemical pesticide. I'm not making this up. Chemical pesticide is listed as an exception. Okay, well these still come with restrictions, so, by far the easiest way to get your totally untested synthetic dye into the hands of consumers is to label it as GRASS. This third classification is an acronym that stands for Generally Recognized as Safe, and it does not require pre-market review or approval. I should mention here that risky substances added to food are automatically given GRASS status if they've been in the food system since before 1958. Why? Just cause like, we've 
been eating it for a while now, so, you know, if it was hurting people, we'd probably know by now, right? You know? And Americans are so healthy, so, yeah, no, we're good. Okay, so assuming your dye is brand new, then what your company has to do is just decide that it's safe. That's it. Well, I mean, they talk to a scientist friend of theirs who may or may not have a huge financial incentive to find the substance safe. And then once the scientist friend signs off on it, the FDA comes back and is like, great, so your dye is safe. But would you like to submit a report detailing how you know? At which point, our company can reply, no, I'm good. But if they say yes and send in the voluntary report, the FDA will look it over, skim the research, and we'll write back a letter basically saying either sounds good or we think you need a little bit more information before calling this safe. Which is not the same as not approving it. It's just like a light suggestion to double check your math. What I find hilarious is that the FDA has said that this process of obtaining grass status, quote, requires the same quantity and quality of scientific evidence as required to obtain approval of the substance as a food additive. No, it doesn't. That's like saying students would get the same amount of work done whether their teacher was there or not. In fact, Senator Ed Markey has said, the health and well-being of the American people depend on a meaningful food safety regulatory policy not a self-graded take-home exam that industry doesn't even have to hand in. God, I love that quote. Now, to be clear, the FDA does have the authority to declassify a substance as grass, but since these are all public records, I've looked at the reports and FDA responses, and I had to scroll through 519 reports to find a single case when the FDA even suggested the company check their math. So I don't think the FDA is flexing that power all that often. And if they are, it's probably only after the item has already been in the food system for a while. How are additives approved in Europe? Well, a governmental body called the European Food Safety Authority, or EFSA, refers all new additives to a panel of scientists to conduct independent, unbiased research over the course of a few years. No shortcuts, no loopholes. This panel is also currently reevaluating all additives previously approved through history, because time doesn't make something dangerous safe. What's concerning is that Children's foods actually have more dyes than regular foods to make them more fun and eye-catching. But that's really problematic because children are far more sensitive to chemicals. But just think of candies, fruit roll-ups, condiments like ketchup, um, sugary drinks, ice cream, medicines, yogurt. Red and yellow colors are the most common. And some blues are used, either just on their own or to make whites look even whiter. So, how much of these dyes are we consuming on average? Well, we really have no way of knowing. Food labels don't indicate the quantity of coloring used, 
And while companies report how much of these substances they used per quarter, they don't specify how much per product. So all we know is manufacturers use 15 million pounds of food dyes in the U.S. per year, and we know that this is five times more than they used just 60 years ago. The FDA's stance is that any substance they approve is safe under the conditions of its intended use. To which Tom Neltner of the Environmental Defense Fund responded, If you don't know how much is being used, you can't estimate exposure. Exactly! Thank you, Tom! The FDA doesn't know how many artificially dyed foods an individual child is eating, so I have a hard time believing they could say with certainty that it's within the safe amount. And I mean, we're talking about safe levels of a toxic substance. So, yeah, maybe it won't kill someone, and I guess in that sense it's safe, but it's still not good for them. So, will we ever have warning labels in America like they have in Europe? Well, we talked about it, briefly. In 2011, the FDA held a hearing to listen to a panel of experts on whether food dyes should carry warning labels, and then just decided not to take any action. In 2017, California Senator Bob Wykowski proposed Senate Bill 504, which was called Protecting Californians from Synthetic Food Dyes Act, to include a warning label on foods with artificial dyes being sold in California. And when that wasn't exactly warmly received, the bill was totally revised, like unrecognizably so, to instead just direct the Office of Environmental Health Hazard Assessment to review if synthetic dyes posed a risk to children, and if yes, what risk management options are available to legislators. You can just feel the desperation in that change. He's like, okay, fine, let's just maybe try to learn a little bit more. It was such a good try. (laughs) But even with the change, the bill died. But I will leave you with a shred of optimism. In October of last year, after petitions and a lawsuit filed by the Center for Science in the Public Interest and other organizations, the FDA agreed to ban six artificial flavoring substances as part of the Delaney Amendment because they were found to cause cancer in animals. This is great news, that petitions and public interest can make a difference. So if you want to get more involved, check out the website of the Center for Science and Public Interest. They have two petitions currently going on urging the FDA to ban food dyes, as well as to fix its food additive approval system. I signed them both. Thanks so much for listening, guys. As always, I'll post additional reading and ways to get involved in the description. I'd like to thank Vani Hari and her phenomenal book, Feeding You Lies, for inspiring this episode. All right, till next time.